This is N64 Life with myself, Cliff Foster, aka the amazing Cliff, on the old Twitter, your guide through the world's greatest computer game console of all time, the Nintendo 64. Oh, I just had a really good day, but I'll be going on to that in a little bit. Because, first of all, I just want to say thank you to you all. Because last week, I had to delay the podcast. I don't ever like doing it, but unfortunately, work always has to come first. So thank you very much for being so understanding with that. Now, next, Twitch. Because if you didn't know already, we have a Twitch goal. And that is to get to 200 followers. Now, if I get to 200 followers, if I have to play in its entirety and go and purchase and add to the library Superman 64. Yeah, well, I've got to now give a shout out to one of those people that have been pushing that because if you are a part of that group, you can claim Jinjos. Every time you get into the chat, you get involved, you can claim a Jinjo. And with that, you can claim certain benefits. And one of those benefits is a shout out on this very podcast. And one person has claimed in the last couple of weeks, and that is friend of the podcast, appearing on the podcast twice, not once, but twice for the His mini History of Zelda series. And that is Misha. Thank you so much for all your support, man. It, it is really appreciated even though you are trying to get me to play the worst game of all time. (sighs) Anyway, let's go on to how that is going, because as I said at the beginning of the podcast, today has actually been a bloody good day. I was meant to be recording this podcast about two o'clock, and I thought, okay, that's cool. And there's one stream that I do like to catch on my days off when I do have them Wednesdays. And that is Mr. Tom Campbell's stream, Rude Word. Now, at this present only time, he's playing through The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So I occasionally chat in the chat box and I get involved because, because, the end of the day, I, I know that game like the back of my hand. I do get stuck, as if you've seen the Sunday streams, you know that occasionally I get stuck. However, I do know that game very well because I've completed it over 10 times on different formats. But, but I was not expecting Mr. Tom Campbell to say, right, I need to ring you to find out where to go. And up on the Twitter, go and have a little look. You see a little little bit of a sneak peek of me making the briefest, the briefest of cameos Uh, to help him find a missing key as I had a eureka moment of ah, it's on the tree at the beginning of the level because I've got stuck there so many times I've been in that position of walking around the forest temple room to room and I was thinking, where is it? and I actually watched back on a recording of our stream from the forest temple and I started it and at the beginning of that stream I said, 
I need to go and get this key straight away because I'm gonna forget it's here. And as soon as I saw it, I went, oh, oh, I know where it is. And Tom rang me. And um, because of this, and because of me stupidly putting in the chat at the beginning that you guys are making me play Superman 64 if we hit 200, that meant Tom pushed it. Which meant that we now only need 75 followers. So what I thought would be in December or October may well be coming a little bit sooner. I just want to end by saying thank you very much, Tom. Uh, Tom has put it out there that he wants to be on one of the podcasts. And we've already discussed of what game we're going to be talking about. Um, so expect that in the next couple of months or so. Obviously, Tom is a lot busier man than what I am. So I'm not going to push him into a time period. We're just casually discussing it at the moment. So it's nice to have another guest in the future on the show. But let's go on to today's show. Because these two games will be battling out on Battle for Jinjos. And what will those two games be? Yes, Blast Corpse, a rare favourite and technically the first game they made for this console because, spoilers, uh, yeah, um, Killer Instinct was just a port over, wasn't made for the console. But it will be facing off against this very underrated game. <laughs> Vigilante 8. Oh, this is going to be a podcast full of destruction and saving the world. Probably. Um, <laughs> so sit back and let's do this. So... Battle for Jinjos again, and as I do at the beginning of every battle for Jinjos, because this may well be someone's first time, let's go through those rules. So like in Banjo-Kazooie, we have five Jinjos on the line to collect. The first one is based off of storyline. The second one off of gameplay. The third one off of graphics and sound. And the fourth one is the critics score so we'll be going to IGN to see what they gave the score for these games and the final one is the most important now if you're not already following me on Twitter go and follow now N64 Life Podcast every podcast just before it comes out I put up a poll of what will be the next battle for Jinjos and you guys don't just get to vote you get to have your say. So, let's go on. First Jinjo on the board. Storyline. And we're starting with Blast Corpse. So, Blast Corpse itself was released in Japan on the 21st of March 1997. 
came out in North America on the 24th of March 1997 and had its PAL release on the December 22nd, 1997. So nice all together all ready for christmas or just ready for christmas for the pal market literally just if you had asked for that for 1997 christmas and your parents got it for you well done your parents bloody love you um it was published by nintendo and developed by as we've already said rare rare um i hate saying those two words together let's just call them rare um it was produced by two um influential figures during the n64 era and that were the stamper brothers of chris and tim who were a huge part of this console's lifespan and actually beyond of actually developing some of the best games and we've visited a fair few rare games already we've already done killer instinct We've already done Goldeneye. We've already done Conker's Bad Fur Day. And now we are coming to Blast Corps. So, the storyline itself. And now it's time to... Save the world! Because this storyline is all about making sure that the world does not come to some form of bitter end or at least the cloak's proximity of whichever level you're on so the storyline for blast cops is is that two defective nuclear missiles are being moved to a safe safe location for a controlled detonation because that's what you want to do with nuclear weapons obviously not make sure that they're dis- disposed of safely nah 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 instead of them detonating in a big city because for some reason these missiles have to go through big cities <laughs> you imagine no i don't know where all you guys live i live just on the edge of the south downs but i'm in close proximity to london and have lived in one of the biggest cities in the world in south america so you imagine you're looking down the street and there's a bulldozer or a mechanical robot being accompanied by a bloody nuclear missile how is that a thing so it's being taken to have a controlled detonation i'm not leaving this i'm not leaving this it's having a controlled detonation am i wrong about this Someone, someone in the chat tell me I'm completely wrong in thinking that nuclear missile... I'll just leave it. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. The missiles uh, begin to leak and the carrier vehicle supporting the missiles is automatically set to a direct course to the detonation site. Right? This is asking more questions. More. It's leaking? Hang on. It's leaking radiation. And now this bloody... This truck is taking it through cities highly populated. Highly populated. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't... Right. Gonna have to take a moment now. Anyway, let's stick with the (laughs) storyline. Because... Hang on. No, I need to get this off my chest. It's... It's auto response is to take it through large cities. Why is it not taking it around cities around population rare what have you been smoking anyway 
as the course takes it through many built-up areas, there are many obstacles in the way. No, Sherlock, you're taking it through cities. And the single, a single jolt could be enough to detonate the missiles and trigger, trigger a nuclear winter. The Blast Corpse Demolition Company... Wait, 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 wait. Instead of getting the army or anything like that, they've got a demolition company to give them a hand. <sighs> Is it? Well, they're given the task of clearing a safe route for the carrier and its missiles. And that safe route... As we'll discuss in gameplay, is about destroying buildings. It's destroying buildings. <laughs> if anybody's in those buildings, <laughs> which is never really explained, it's just going to destroy buildings. So if your house, your house where you are now, if that's in the way, guess what? It's going to get a bulldozer to it. <laughs> but let's go into some of those vehicles that you will be using. First of all, we got the Ram Dozer, a standard bulldozer, um, but it's great for just sort of ramming small buildings. So this is where you're sort of gonna face off in the first couple of uh, you know puzzles and levels that you do. It's very much centered around the ra uh, the Ram Dozer. I don't know why they didn't call it Bulldozer. Is this one of those things that it's like um, uh, a Hoover? That it's got a is bulldozer a copyrighted name? Maybe, probably, maybe it's just rare game and a silly name. Um, but it is your basic of building, uh, the basic of vehicles. But the great thing is, is that it's great for being able to push those TNT blocks into the bigger buildings, into those bigger buildings where necessarily you wouldn't be able to destroy it and that really comes into that puzzle element of getting the right thing in the right place because guess what when we come into gameplay we're going to be talking about this a lot it is seat of your trousers all the way through this game next you've got the backlash now it's a big dumper truck and it can ram but really what you're going to use it for is by holding the l button on top is by swinging out is big fat armored rear end into buildings obstacles um anything like that now if i was to say my least favorite vehicle in this game it's gonna be this it's gonna be this it's just a bit boring it's it's a bit slow it's a bit clunky it's quite nice to sort of skid around but it turns into an element of you thinking this is really unnecessarily when this bulldozer could do it a lot better. Why use this if I could just use the bulldozer? Because the bulldozer or ramdozer can go through bit of buildings a lot better than the uh, backlash. 100% can go through buildings a lot better. And you end up trying to having to maneuver your vehicle into these bloody buildings and if that blooming nuclear uh, missile's anywhere near you, half the time you're accidentally going into it. Now, one of the cool things about this vehicle is that you can really, if you try and get a bit of speed and you want to take out a bigger building and there's a ramp close, you can send this thing flying. But there is one king of the jump and that king is the Skyfall.
what, what was that? This the Skyfall. Okay, let's not trigger any copyright here. Anyway, the Skyfall is a June buggy with an amazing little boost. Now, the only way that you can take out vehicles with the Skyfall is by going up the ramp, big boost, and being able to land on top of these buildings. Um, I personally really like it. If we're looking out of all the wheeled vehicles, I think this is the most fun that I have because it's really nippy. It's really it's really maneuverable it's it's fun to play and those levels that do have the sky fall in i really really enjoy it now before we go a bit mecha let's go into some of the special wet uh, vehicles that you can get for this game and the first is the ballista now the ballista is fun because it's the only one that can fire out projectiles so it's a it's a motorcycle or tricycle and you've got two cannons on either side which is great because you can take out buildings you can almost do it in a bit more of a rush because there's nothing worse than in a game that you're you're just you're being you know this game you're on the seat of your trousers all the time to have that missile element for a vehicle i really liked it and the other is the sideswipe now the sideswipe is a vehicle that is quite simple it just has these two rams on either side and it just sort of pushes outwards so if you need to pick clear stuff on the left and the right it's there for that and it doesn't appear very often in the game but both of these vehicles the ballista and the side swipe both need ammunition so it's one of those things that you can't just spam you have to keep an eye on your ammo or you have to remember where the ammo is in the level then we go very mecha. Yes, mecha. This game allows you, especially me at that age, still remembering the original Power Rangers series, being able to go into giant mechanical robots. Um, and it is great fun. I mean, like this is where that comeback ability is because there's such a range of weapons uh, or vehicles and with their different facts and especially with the mecha vehicles you've got the thunder fist um it, it's very large um it it's sort of running tumbling um punching your way through the uh, the buildings however one of the things i love is when you do it for the first time its arm falls off and you can see some of the wires and there's some sparks there but that really doesn't hinder it either it was just there as an effect Maybe when we come into Rare on the his uh, mini histories, maybe, hopefully, we'll find out why that was. But then you've got the Cyclone Suit. The Cyclone Suit is a somersaulting exoskeleton that <laughs> it just does gymnastics absolutely everywhere. But, yet again, that difference in vehicle, they could have just made one mech bot, but they didn't. This is really fun. But if we're talking about fun... There's one mecha or vehicle in this game that is so iconic, and that is the J-Bomb. Now, the J-Bomb is slightly smaller than the Thunder Fist, but has jetpacks. You can fly up really, really high and come down on lovely buildings by stomping on them. Um, if you're talking about entertaining, this vehicle is that. 
Um, and then you can use trains, barges, muscle cars, police cars. Um, lovely little uh, side note of uh, being able to use definitely not the A-Team van. Um, you've got all sorts in there to keep you really, really occupied and keep this storyline going because guess what? It's a bit of a short storyline. So that's why we've added the vehicles in this section as well. Um, but, you know, I think it's an overall solid uh, performance. Um, and actually, if you're looking at this, and we're going to be saying this all the way through, this was a very early rare title. And in fact, this was being showcased at the uh, ev uh, the events pushing the N64, um, pushing what this console was able to do. Um, so I think it's a really solid outing. But let's go on to Vigilante 8. So, Vigilante 8. It was released in North America on March 29th, 1998. But was not launched on the N64 until one year later. Now, this was a multi-platform game. It wasn't like Blast Corps. This came out for the PS1. Now... I was trying to look for anybody who had a reason why. Um, and it was only really one place that I found it that said that their educated guess would be that Sony had, caught, had bought some form of right for it being out in the power region for one year before coming out on any other console. Because if they're able to transition it across to a CD, there's there's no reason why there, there should be any more different of transporting it across to a... Um, we're talking about PAL to NTSE. Um, not, you know, obviously uh, porting it across um, completely because obviously the North American title came out. Um, anyway, it's a long old wait, isn't it? We had to wait a long time. And maybe this is why that game wasn't picked up as much as, um, let's say, Blast Corps, or even to the fact of that, you know, if you're listening to people talk, they talk a lot of nostalgia towards Blast Corps, yet you don't hear as much as people bringing up Vigilante 8 at the drop of a hat. Because I would say that, you know, people came up to me all the time and said, oh, when are you going to do a podcast on Blast Corps never on Vigilante 8 so it was published by Activision and developed by uh, Lexo Flux Lexo Flux Luxo Flux Luxo Flux we're going with Luxo Flux Inc um, and yeah it was it was very much the spiritual successor to a uh, PS1 game called Twisted Metal. Now, Twisted Metal was that game that we all wanted for the N64. It was that gritty, more adult content that we would see in the latter part after the 2000s for this console. Now, the storyline itself is set in an alternate 1975, almost a post-apocalyptic 1975 where there's two groups that have appeared you've got the you've got the coyotes and then off of the back of the coyotes causing their troubles you've got the vigilantes so the storyline goes that set in 1975 sid byrne and his band of coyotes are hired by omar to dispose of all competing oil companies in the u.s 
so that they can become the richest company in America. After hearing reports of the destruction by the coyotes, a man called, well, called names Convoy, a kind-hearted trucker, forms a group of his own, the vigilantes, to combat the coyotes and stop the tyranny of Omar. Now, simple storyline. You know, we haven't, we both got in the both of these games very simple storyline so let's go on to some of those characters in both of those groups so first of all for the vigilantes you've got chasey blue now chasey blue she's she's almost like a female james bond secret agent goes around in her 67 rattler which is almost a jaguar type um then we go on to slick clyde a playboy Electric obsessed, um, who goes around his seventy Clyde's uh, Clyde's Clydesdale uh, sort of Land Rover vehicle, and then you've got Sheila. Sheila is actually the daughter of Convoy, and she goes around in her very post-apocalyptic uh, punk sort of steampunky sort of. Uh, it's like a doom buggy. It's very similar to the uh, the. Skyfall, it's there again, isn't it? We can't get rid of that. Uh, in Blast Corpse, um, it's really fun to play yet again. That sort of li- really nippy little vehicle. Um, I've been enjoying playing these big destructive games in much smaller vehicles. You'd think that I'd be choosing the big tanks, nope. I'm choosing that little nippy car, <laughs> and then rounding off the uh vigilantes you've got johnny or john talk i don't know why i wanted to call him johnny he's gonna be called johnny and he's definitely not a pimp he's definitely not a pimp in his pimp dress and his uh 95 jefferson car that looks very pimped he's not a pimp not a pimp And then we go on to the baddies, the coyotes. And you've got uh, Loki, who's uh, a bit of an army slash demolition obsessed individual in his uh, 73 Glen 4x4. It's an army jeep. Um, And then you've got Houston Free, who's a proper badass. And this is actually one of my favorite cars in it. It was a 75 uh, Palomino. Um, It's a real sort of muscle car slash, you know, Mustang. It's really cool. Um, One of my favorite cars while playing this game. And then you have Boogie, uh, Disco Inferno. Boogie, he looks really disco inferno because he's going for those 1970s stereotypes. And he goes around... In what looks like the car from Wayne's World. No joke. It looks like the car from Wayne's World. Um, He's 76 Leprechaun. It's the car from Wayne's World. I, I, did, I, I played it briefly. I didn't get as much enjoyment out of that as I did with Sheila and Houston uh, 3. Sorry. Sorry, Boogie. Maybe I'll go back and visit and uh, give him a bit more time. And then you have Beeswax, uh, a bee-obsessed farmer, um, and his vehicle. Now, being a massive Walking Dead fan, I looked at his vehicle and went, Ah, Dale! Because if you've ever read the comics, or if you've seen the TV shows in the first two series, you have Dale that goes around in his his little... uh, I can't remember what they're called. Like, 
It's a caravan. It's a caravan. I can't remember. There is a name for them. Um, but it did look identical to that. And then as well as those, you've got the unlockable characters of Convoy, the leader, obviously, of the vigilantes and Sheila's dad. Um who's a trucker so he goes around in his arctic um which is really fun to use yet again some of these unlockable characters are awesome and then you've got dave who is an alien obsessed hippie who may be right we'll come to that at the end <laughs> and then you've got mollo now mollo if you've ever seen any of the advertising campaigns for this mollo's vehicle is heavily shown because mollo drives a school bus so it's a post-apocalyptic school bus um, and you get to face off against that in a lot of the missions as well as well as the, a lot of the multiplayer uh, elements and then you've got sid burn uh who's an Ori aussie terrorist who's definitely not kano that we're just gonna put it out there if you see it he's definitely not kano from mortal kombat he's definitely not and then we come on to the last unlockable character and this one really takes it to a completely different level because this isn't driving this is flying in the a so it's alien y and his ship um which was really cool i'm not really funny it's really cool to play but they're the characters that we've got for both of these games so now the decision of which one of these had the better storyline now both of these storylines aren't war and peace like we've had sometimes before. They're not, but I think they're both very simple, stick to a premise and go with it very well. So these, I think most of these <laughs> rounds are going to be very tight. However, if I was to say to you which one I enjoyed the most, just because it's completely batshit crazy and the winner for the Jinjo Four storyline goes to Blast Corps. You didn't think I was going to say that. Um, do you know what? There's so many holes in it. But when I'm reading through the story, I, <laughs> I, I, I picked holes, lots of holes in it. But I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It makes no sense. Why would you ever have? Oh no, this is. This nuclear missile is leaking now. So it sets off on its predetermined course through cities. It still makes no sense to me. It still doesn't. It makes bugger all sense. But it's just a bit batshit crazy that I like it. So, 1-0 to Blast Corps. Let's get into gameplay. So, here we go. Another Jinjo. And this time, it's for gameplay. So, let's go into it. Blast Corps. 57 levels of destroying buildings, farms, and everything in sight. Now, name me another game like Blast Corps. Last week, we had Space Station Silicon Valley, and I said exactly the same. It's so unique. It is you've got your rampages and things on those lines but it's so unique on the basis of that it, you've got to go through this puzzle solving using the, the machinery or the vehicles that you have at your disposal to 
move explosive crates to get a truck carrying a nuclear bomb that for some reason's leaking and for some reason has a set determined course going through the city so you're sort of saving the world but you're sort of killing everyone in the process because if it doesn't go off right i'm not nitpicking on the storyline anymore um but it's great because when destroying you you accumulate this money of how much destruction you've caused not excluding the money that you're causing by, you know, cancer and stuff like that, because it's a nuclear leaking nuclear, nuclear missile. Um, but I, I mean, you know, that sort of element of actually causing damage and accumulating, that's been done in the past. That's been done in the future as well. But I think it's a really good game mechanic. Um, and do you know what is nice as well is the game does break you in quite nicely. Um, it does have that element of that it breaks you into the puzzles and they get harder as the game goes on. Um, and to the element of that actually towards the end of the game, you will start switching from vehicle to vehicle um, and trying to solve the puzzles really, really quickly. And I, I mean, like, it, it's it's seat of your trousers time because you're trying not to, you know, end the world. You're trying to save the world. And you, you really, you're, you're sat there and it's you get some really, really tense moments. And it is a really tense experience because that truck does not stop. It keeps moving and it's constantly moving towards its goal of taking out a whole city with nuclear waste. We're not going back on the storyline. Um, do you know what, though? It does, I don't know if Rare did this purposefully, but it does do the thing of trying to do these puzzles and get the next building. Sometimes it is proper down to the wire, which makes you have that excitement and that joy when you solve a puzzle, but at the same time gives you a massive headache if you keep slightly missing out. And I mean, sometimes it's ever so slightly missing out. Um, but, you know, I've had a couple weeks to play on the game, um, and I found that, actually, if you put your head down, you could get that game done in one day. I think most competent gamers out there, you could complete Blast Corps at every level, excluding the bits that you can come back to in one day, because it, and... But it does have a comeback ability. We, we like that word on this show, this comeback ability, because you can shorten down the time periods that you have got in the game. You've got medals that you can go and win on each of the levels as well. So it does have that comeback ability, but no multiplayer. And if we're looking at this console, I'm baffled. I am absolutely baffled. Why Rare did not add a multiplayer. Seeing the same year... Or, in fact, sorry, a year later, they added a random multiplayer to a game, and that was 007 GoldenEye, and it became one of the best-selling games on this console, and most one of the most beloved games of all time. So, if I was to look at it in gameplay, that's... I know it doesn't make a game. It's still iconic, Um and it's still a much asked for game that was since starting this podcast. But at the same time, I think it's missing that multiplayer. 
Now, a game that does not miss out on the multiplayer is Vigilante 8. So, the gameplay for Vigilante 8, it's it's got diverse 3D battles. Um, it's it's it, well, it's, it's I said it was the spiritual successor to uh, Twisted Metal. It isn't. It's it's it plays homage to Twisted Metal, and in fact is the sequel, semi-sequel to Interstate 76, which came out for the PC. You can go into there and select all of those characters that I said, and you've got your set storyline. So you've got that element of that you've got such different vehicles there that every time you pick up Vigilante 8, you, you're getting a different experience from it. Um, and some of these missions can be destroying enemies. It can be you're going on the defensive it can be there's so many little different layers to these but what makes this game are the weapons and boy by jinjo you are getting a lot of weapons here so you're getting the bruiser cannon the bullseye rockets uh roadkill mines flamethrower interceptor rockets uh here we go mosquito machine guns uh sky hammer mortars and every character has its own unique weapons as well and yet again it adds every time you pick up this game and we're saying about comeback ability like every time you pick up this game you can have a completely different experience from the last time that you picked it up um and i was saying this earlier that it really fills that void of an adult game for this console yeah, we had to wait until 1999 in uh, Europe for this uh, console, but it really does fill that void. And it, it, it's nice because, as I said, that those differences in gameplay, even though you are technically shooting things, it still makes it different enough where you go on the defensive or you go on the attack. It, it very much makes it different. And you've got, you've got so many levels on there. Like, you're completely going down that west coast of the United States. And there's so many different levels. And if that's in the desert, that's in the desert. If that's in the cities, that's in the cities. Like, every up in the mountains, skiing. I mean, like, there's so many differing levels that it really does make it, yet again, that different experience. Not just when you're using different cars, but when you're on the different levels as well. And, in fact, it has its own N64 exclusive level, uh, which is uh, a complete parody on Peach's Castle. Um, and this is it's very Nintendo 64, very bright colours. Um, it's just great. I love that level. It's such a parody on anything else in the game. And it's lovely that it's a Nintendo exclusive. Um, but really what makes this stand out is that multiplayer now this console as we know is built so you can have your mates come around with their controllers and plug in and play there's no need for any silly little adapter to go in there to get four player oh this game's not got four player but this game has you know there's a lot of these games were built to play four player and this does not let down so you've got one-on-ones against each other you can team up uh two on two you can do co-op so you can be you guys versus the computer and you can add in and take away as many vehicles as possible now i was stuck with which one was going to win the gameplay and i was almost swaying between vigilante 8 
winning because it had the multiplayer. So, I did something that I might well do in the future again, and that is get my seven-year-old son to play both. And it's it's he's seven years old he's he he's got his own switch he he plays games he understands games and i said to him i left him up there for half an hour one switched it over half an hour in the boat the next one and i said to him at the end which one did you prefer and he pointed at vigilante eight and he i said why and he said it's just really fun it does so I think that if you're looking at an overall gameplay, I'm going to give this to Vigilante 8. Now, some of you might be turning around going, Cliff, you've left it to a seven-year-old to decide the Jinjo. Yes, I did, but I played both of them. And yes, you do get that squeaky bomb time with Blast Corpse that you're on the edge of your seat all the time. And I like that the same time once you've completed it there's nothing new yet with vigilante 8 every time i selected or frankie selected a different car it was a different playing experience and i really enjoyed it and i think this is a game that anybody who owns well both of these games you should own but vigilante 8 might not necessarily be a game that you think i must get for my n64 or if you are that way inclined, if you want it for your PS1. Um, <laughs> but I, I personally think you need to get it because this is a great multiplayer game. When the world wakes back up and we allow people over, I can't wait for my mates to come over. We have a couple of beers. And guess what? One of the first games that's going to come on is it's Vigilante 8. So the winner of the second Jinjo is Vigilante 8 for gameplay. Let's go on to sound and graphics. And as I always say to you, I don't plan this. Don't. I promise. It's not a draw because I want you all to listen longer. I hope hope you're entertained enough to listen longer i'd hope i don't have to bloody fix this <laughs> you have to <laughs> so let's go on to graphics and sound shall we the third jinjo who will go ahead before we look at what the what the uh the, what the critics thought and what you guys thought so first of all blast corpse what did i think of it well do you know what <sighs> I, I, I hate to say this because I said this about Space Station Silicon Valley, a game that I bloody loved last time around, but it has graphically dated. It's a game that you play and you go, ah, I wish they would do a remaster for this. Um, and and it has. And it, it, it you can't take it away. It is a much earlier title. You know, in those two years, two years from 97 to 99 or in fact a year later in 98 it's surprising how much these developers learned how to make decent games for this console because it wasn't easy hence why if you're looking most markets you know 296 games is not a big library of games <laughs> this is why we have got this podcast 
for not a ad. It's not going to go on forever. Okay, thanks, Terry. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the case of that this console wasn't cheap to develop for, and also it wasn't easy. So you can see the difference in these two games in that. But do you know what? I'll, gi I'll give it one thing. It did have lovely detail, and the polygons in the game itself, um, you, you can't see any sign of um, tearing or clipping. Uh, it all blends into one. And there's plenty of games that came out later on in this console that you could you could see so many problems with it. It's, you know, with the polygon graphics, it, it looks nice in that element. Yes, it does need a bit of sprucing up. But at the same time, it's not terrible. And actually, if you have a look at where they have developed this game... Um, this is more of a gameplay thing, but it's still graphics, I suppose, is it's when you're looking at the camera angle. And I think that camera angle from top looking down is perfect. Absolutely perfect. And I don't think that this game could have been done any other way. And it had an easy movable camera that does center around the action itself, but you can move it yourself as well. Um, the one thing that it does not let down on is the sound of the explosions and the impact. Now, it makes you feel like you've hit something. <laughs> I know that sounds odd, but it does. It makes you feel like you hit something and feels really satisfying. Now, one of the things that I'm going to go into with graphics and sound with this game is a massive disappointment. Now, that massive disappointment is rare. Now... You've heard the intro of this podcast. You've heard the normal N64 life bed, mu bed music. That's created by Jordan Cook, who I set the challenge of, I want this to sound like a rare, rare game. And he got me, yeah? If I was to put this, uh, this uh, soundtrack in front of you, would you say that this was a rare, rare game? It's... It's not up for scr to scratch. It isn't for, you know, Banjo-Kazooie came out a year later. Banjo-Kazooie came out one year after this game. You even had the likes of Killer Instinct Gold. And you, I've already expressed on this podcast how much I love that soundtrack. But this soundtrack is the biggest letdown I think Rare have ever made. And I... Don't, uh, some of you might not agree with that, but I think it's very tinny. It's very, it's not polished. It's not what we expect from Rare. And if we go on to the other side of things, so we, we go into Vigilante 8, the sound there, I'll tell you my opinion now, shall I? So let's start with graphics. Let's start with, uh, we'll leave it. Because you've got this really nice, nice sort of post-apocalyptic it's it's a great world they've created um this 70s style everywhere as well um and every level as i've said before it's unique and it's immersive and it's huge and it makes you feel like you know it's endless and that's what you want from a game like this you want to feel 
you don't want to know where the edge of the map is. Um, and it, it, they're such lovely large maps and ha all have their own individual character. Um, the only thing I would say about the graphics is, is collision detection is a bit ropey. I mean, like, you've got real-time damage, which is really nice, but sometimes when you get hit or you hit something, it doesn't feel like you've actually hit it. Or it doesn't feel like you've actually been hit. So sometimes it just goes a bit AWOL. And you, you're looking at... It's a real hard one with this game because it's got some really good positives as well because everything's destructible. Now, I mean, for a game that's coming out in 1998, for everything to be destructible, that's huge. That's absolutely humongous. I mean, for everything to be destructible. And uh, technically, you've got that with Blast Corps. I'm going to give that to Blast Corps as well because, I mean, like games such as Red Faction that will come out years and years later that were marketed on that fact of you can destroy anything. And do you know what? This game makes full use of that expansion pack. Now, you know, with Blast Corps, you know, that these earlier games, they weren't given that element of the expansion pack. Um, but when you do put it onto the uh, the ultra uh, <laughs> the ultra definition, it, it just causes a lot of frame rate delays. It causes it to go a bit ropey you see a lot of dropped frame rates you, it's it's just a bit nah nah at times when there's a lot going on as well it goes very nah um so i usually i've kept it in medium um and you saw that a lot with n64 games is when they made use of that expansion pack um that they they, they you know the it's dulling it down a bit you know made it so you could actually play <laughs> a bit better um and one thing that's nice as well there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of fogging um because as we know you know a lot of these games back then to help the rendering you know that they had a lot of fog i think things stayed in and out of the landscape really really nicely and then we come to music so i teased this at the beginning the t the 70s styled soundtrack is lovely now the ps version had cd quality sound yeah and obviously with the n64 they had to dull it down a bit because it's a cartridge yeah but i don't think it lets down and actually it's got so many unique little bits of music in there that i i personally turned the music up and i rarely do that on a game i turned the music up because it really, I don't know, it added to the enjoyment of it. And one of the things that I, when I first switched on this game and I heard that opening bit of music, I was like, is that Party Boys music from Jackass? So that's Party Boys music. Let's go on to uh, Vigilante 8. Is it me or are they very similar? I don't know because it, I'm remembering them rather than 
editing this and doing the post edit. You know what? It could be completely different now. And I've just edited those two bits together and made myself look like a bit of a tit. We'll find out. <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'm looking at these two games with graphics and sound. I, I wouldn't say... Yeah, yeah, I think that I could look at it on Blast Corpse and say, look, it, it hasn't aged as well. It hasn't. Um, and as I said, you know, Vigilante 8 is not perfect. But I'm a rare guy. I'm a real massive rare guy. And I think with sound and music, no matter how satisfying it is when those booms happen... Ian Blaskorps, the winner of the Jinjo for sound and graphics, goes to Vigilante 8. So, last Jinjo on the line. Let's get into this. It's what the critics fought and what you guys fought. Should we do this? So, it is 2-1 to Vigilante 8. But let's go into what the critics thought and what you guys thought. So, let's start with Blast Corps. So, we're going to be going through the reviews on IGN. So, first of all, Blast Corps. Sharp graphics, good sound, and addictive gameplay. Make Blast Corps a sure hit, not to mention the low price. Uh, the different vehicles keeping the game from getting boring. The flying J-bomb pilot wing style is a real treat. However... I think there are too many bonus levels and too few real missile carrier out of control missions. Uh, the shortness of the game and the lack of a true two player mode, look at that, I love it when they agree with me, are the only things that keep this game from dethroning Rave Race or Mario Kart in my list of the all time N64 favourites. Remember, this is 1997. But if you're willing to compete for the best times in bonus levels, this game seems to, com to offer never-ending fun. As it stands, Blast Corps can proudly stand there with the Miyamoto games and show Rare's true potential when given an original concept. I'm glad I bought it, and I'll definitely keep it. And they scored it... Should we go wait for that? We'll wait for that to the end. But units sold 710,000 units. It's not a bad number. It's not the best number, but it's not a bad number. So 710,000 units. So let's go on to Vigilante 8. And we'll start off not with what IGN thought, but a little bit of a mishap.
Now, do you know what? I know this is a podcast and you can't see it, but I needed to add that advert for some context because that advert got banned. So it's it's a bit of an unfortunate circumstances. And it didn't get banned because of it saying twice. It got banned because, unfortunately, a couple of months after the advert came out was, unfortunately, the Columbine Massacre. Um, which was a school shooting. Now, with the advert itself, it shows the bus dropping off the kids and then coming back after battling in the game and there's a massive hole in it. And then the girl shouts, oh, sh-. Um, I mean, they, it was banned straight afterwards. So it wasn't so much negative press. I think it was more the case of extremely unfortunate <laughs> timing. And then we look at actually what the critics thought of the game so let's let's go on to ign let's let's see what they had to say about the n64 equivalent and they were excited for this as they were for blast corpse so ign had to say about the game woohoo i'm saying it as it is written i've been waiting for a twisted metal style game to hit the n64 for a while and vigilante vigilante 8 will do just fine i would have been happy with a port of the already fun psx game but the n64 version actually improves on the original with much better multiplayer options the game graphics are cool there's nothing like driving a car with its trunk clant clattering and the bumper falling off the sound is above average i disagree although some of the voice samples get old quickly i think the music's good leave it alone and there are plenty of different vehicles and stages the only major complaint I have is that the action gets fairly repetitive after a while. A flaw seemingly inherited in the genre. The game mission objectives differ, but things don't change much. Luckily, the multiplayer mode easily makes up for the limitation. An outstanding first title for Lexoflux now bring on the sequel and there was a sequel afterwards but we'll leave that for another time now unit sold 310,000 less than half of what blast corpse Corp sold and i don't know if that was because it came out so much later in europe and that's where the other half was missing i'm not too sure this isn't really a japanese driven game and to my knowledge it didn't have a japanese re- release so you've got a market where it was missing in europe for a year and you had a market it never came to where blast corpse came out in everywhere so if you're looking at realistically yes it was less half but it did have its limitations so we go on to score and let's start with blast corpse so ign scored blast corpse in at nine out of ten wow some of these early n64 games i I love blast corpse but is it a nine out of ten game come on be honest with yourselves and then we've got the score for vigilante 8 which i still think is pretty high at 8.2 so that means the winner for the Jinjo for what the critic score was is 
glass corpse. So let's go on to what you guys thought. Do you know what? You guys did not disappoint for your comments. I had loads! Like loads! Thank you so much! And I'm going to read some of them out to you. Sorry if I did miss some of yours. But we'll start with um, at B to the A64. B to the A64. That should be really easy to say. B to the A64. And he had to say, check out San Francisco Rush uh, 2049 Battle Mode. It's more playable than uh, V8, so uh, Vigilante 8, in my opinion. Um, it's a little secret. Do you know what? San Francisco Rush, I've never played it. And it's definitely up there of a game that I need to play. I haven't got it for the system yet. Um, a friend of the uh, podcast, JStation64. If you haven't watched his videos, go and check them out now. Go on. Don't care. Actually, no. Wait until after the podcast. Um, both are great. But Blast Corpse is just so original. I can't put Vigilante 8 ahead of it. Uh, if Rare would do a sequel or even a remake with better camera, that would be grand. And then we've got friend of the podcast as well, Gdon247. Nothing like Blast Corpse has been made before or ever since. I mean, it's hair tearing, frustrating, at hard at times, and backlash. I do, yeah, yeah. Um, I've already mentioned that the backlash isn't the best. Well, the less said about that, the better. I'm in agreement, G Don. Um, but it's completely original and gets my vote here. Um, and then massive friend of the podcast, person that's caused me all this pain with this Superman sixty four timey two wimey, just says, "Come on, please." I think he means it's Blast Corpse. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got another friend of the podcast, Demorpha64. I had fun with Vigilante 8 in single player and multiplayer. Nothing like launching the gremlin car into space with the uh, semi-truck. Uh, the use of realistic cars made it something we can aspire to. What, crashing and shooting each other? You can tell you're American. Uh, maybe together we can have a, a future where we can drive through each other's homes. Very true with either of these games. And then we've got Primeval. And he says, while I prefer the high-octane nature of Twisted Metal, Vigilante 8, second offensive for me, we'll come on to that game later on, uh, was a lot of fun. And then... Another friend of the podcast. Already had a shout already. But he gets a second. Multi-class geek. Uh, Misha. Never played Vigilante 8. But was quite fond of Blast Corpse. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So we come to your score. So it's now to all. And it comes down to you guys. <laughs> to a score of 41% against 59 the winner of the last Jinjo and the winner of this battle for Jinjos is Blast Corpse. And do you know what? I, I'm happy because I have had a lovely couple of weeks playing both of these games. I mean it. Both of these games, if you're an N64 collector, get them both. I mean, get them both. They are brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. 
I, I would say if you want to sit there and have a real single player mission to yourself, get Blast Corps. If you're waiting for your mates to come around, play some of your new retro games that you've been collecting all this time, get Vigilante 8. Do you know what? That was a really, really, really fun battle for Jinjos. Thank you so much for joining me today. And do you know what? It goes with me to tell you what the next battle for Jinjos will be. And I put it to my lovely lot on the Discord channel. Go and follow the Discord. The link tree is in the Twitter. Or if you're part of our Twitch community, there's a lovely link at the top there as well. Come and join us because you get to vote on these sort of things. Next time around, we're doing it. Look, you all have since started doing this. Now, if you don't know me, hi. But I have done a wrestling podcast for the last five years. So when I started doing N64 Life, all I got was when's this wrestling game going to appear? When's this wrestling game going to appear? And I stayed away from it for so, so long. However, we're going to answer a question. Because there were two games that came out within three months of each other by two different developers about the same brand or promotion. And these two games were... WWF Attitude. And it will be facing off against... WrestleMania 2000. Acclaim versus THQ. Who will win? So watch the Twitter because that will be going live very soon. And if you're not part of the Twitch community and you want more N64 Life podcasts, make sure you come and join me on Twitch on Fridays, on Sundays, 8.30 till about 11, where we will be playing all sorts of games. In fact, if you join me this evening, if you listen to this on Friday, tomorrow evening, sorry, tonight, tonight, we're going to be playing those two games we're going to be playing blast corpse and we're going to be playing vigilante 8 so come along and join in the fun and if you're around for the sunday stream we are getting very close to completing ocarina of time legend of zelda oh it's getting so close getting so close and if you want to cause me some pain remember only 75 more followers until i have to play it uh, make sure you give me a follow and cause me some more pain of waiting to play superman 64 if you do like this podcast and you are listening through apple or through Acast, make sure you leave a star rating and give me a little review go on go and do it give me a little review makes me happy it does and also if you are listening to wherever you listen to your podcast from make sure you subscribe for the next battle for jinjos that will be wwf attitude versus wwf wrestlemania 2000 get on board get on board get involved and do you know what guys 
I love doing this podcast, so thank you so much for all of your support. It has been really appreciated. I mean, like, I can't tell you how much I appreciate every single one of you bloody listening. Thank you so much. And do you know what? We're finally doing. We're finally finally going on to wrestling. Because... Oh, not wrestling. Game.